0: Cooker Supernatural Podcast. My name is Jacob Cooker, but my friends call me Cub, and you should too. Today, I'm very excited to be continuing a collaboration. We're going to be doing a QA today with none other than author Bob Peck, talking about his book, Original Sin is the Lie. Uh, we've got Bob on the line in the background here. And uh, today, we're going to talk about deconstructing your faith by clearing up the narrative. And uh, Bob's going to help us do that. He's got about 30 minutes here. Hey, guys. What is up Bob? How are Thanks, you? Doing? Cub. Good well, man. Good to see you. Yeah, we're
1: um I'm setting up. If you're in Austin, come to uh this party tonight. Uh, awesome. it's going to be at this art gallery. Um we're having a talk and uh, some free drinks and uh raising money for this fundraiser. We're going to be translating my book into Spanish,
0: so. That's awesome. Come have some tequila with us. Thank yeah, man. Can you show the room again real quick? I just blew up yeah. your uh your yeah. video there. Okay, awesome. So you're going to have people everywhere. You're going to, yeah, this is awesome, man. I love it. You've got a bunch of new t shirts. Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have those. Yeah, I don't know if those are available to show. Grab one. Well, or not. But yeah, sorry to make you jump up there, but you know, you're good. Full space. Oh, yeah, dude. Those are awesome. I love those. Love those. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, original sure. July. So, guys, uh, <laughs> one of the things we're doing today with Bob is, um, you know, he's doing this fundraiser. Um, he's got an Indiegogo set up now, which I'm going to share with everybody here in just a little bit. Um, I'm going to go ahead and pop up the URL to that on the screen so and in the comments good. just so you guys have it. Um, but, Bob, let's talk about I mean, you're getting this translated into Spanish. Um, We know that's important. We've talked about that in the past episodes, but today let's get into Thomas a little bit. Some of the hidden teachings of Jesus that will really help people deconstruct that maybe not everybody is quite aware of.
1: Yeah, sure, man. I mean, you know, a lot of what your work is in terms of the mystical Jesus and the Gnostics and kind of who are these people. You know, basically early Christianity, much like modern Christianity, um, was not a monolith, there was a very diverse um, group, you oh know, there was di- very digru- diverse groups of different um, believers and practitioners. There was Orthodox and Gnostics as early as the first century. Um, and, I, you know, re- there's a really defining scholarly book, which is also kind of a rare book in that it's a... Um, It's both a pop culture book and written by a scholar by by the name of Dr. Elaine Pagels. Mm -hmm. Um, The book is just called The Gnostic Gospel, so highly, highly recommend. It's also very short, um, so it's very readable and accessible. She's uh, legendary, both in the Bible scholarship community and just christian literature so check her out but you know she basically goes into great detail about um the varying sects, and you know it was political guys i mean i think that's what's so important to this is the human element to you know these interpretations and you know jesus he's gone he's here and then he he he's gone his mortal frame is gone you know the christ consciousness is uh, yep. manifest throughout all creation right but um, you know, but the Nazareth comes and goes, and so we're left trying to, trying to figure out what, what happens after that. And then, so we have all these, there's actually, uh, you know, actually over a hundred gospels. Uh, there's four in the new Testament, yep. but, um, but there's a few, you know, I think a lot of them are not actually worth reading because they're they're kind of centuries later and mm-hmm. there are people capitalizing from an opportunistic standpoint to say, Hey, what is this right. new religion? Let's add to it and you know, get a following and so on. So there is, it is important to have a Canon and have legitimacy and so on, but the, but understanding how the current Canon came together, mm-hmm. what those, who the guys were behind it, what the meetings were, et cetera. And, you know, you mentioned Thomas, Thomas is often called the fifth gospel. Mm-hmm. Because it's so early. It's um, it's unbelievable how early uh, the Gnostic Gospel of Thomas is. It's actually considered proto-Gnostic by wow. some scholars because, okay. it, because it because it predates um, much of the Gnostic tradition. Um, and yeah, happy to go into great detail, but Thomas is really amazing. And anytime I make con- content about Thomas, it's in my book, ha, 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 um, a little bit. Um, I want to go into it more. Thank you. <laughs> You're the man. There's um, the book in case there she you are... Yeah, yeah. You know, Thomas is um, Thomas is very good. And anytime I make com- content about it, the Christians say, "Oh, it's heresy." Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's heretical. Yeah. You know, we we know about it. We just threw it out. And well, yeah. you know, that's fine. You know, Irenaeus was the primary bishop who wrote a uh, you know series of works called Against Heresies. Yeah. It was very political. It was kind of Irenaeus versus Marcion. It was Athanasius versus uh, Valentinus and these Gnostic figures and so on. So. You know, really getting into the human drama of uh, mm-hmm. of why the books matter, why they excluded them is super interesting to us here in the twenty first century. And, um, and yeah, you know, happy to go through Thomas um, specifically with you guys. But it's uh, there's a there's
0: a lot of richness to to formative Christianity. So I think one thing you said was you know we knew about it, but we threw it out. And one of the questions I think everybody should ask is why? Why yeah. would you throw it out? What Um, you know, you can't just accept, oh, it was thrown out. Well, they knew they knew it was God's plan. No, 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 no question and ask and go read it for yourself. Gospel of Thomas literally changed my life and completely opened me up to a whole new level. Um, I got a comment a while back from, uh, somebody that, um, you know, I thought would maybe be on my side, you know, as far as, um, trying to help people find a deeper relationship with God, if you will um and they said uh you know there's gnosticism rearing its ugly head again um and i thought you know really like is that that really how you pin that um yeah. especially something- the church has always been threatened
1: by the gnostics yeah they've always been threatened by the gnostics they're they're, they're terrified because the gnostics have no uh, mediator between creator and yeah. if there's no mediator then there's no institution If there's no institution there's no church there's no community there's no donation box. So, you know, they're they're terrified for their own survival. Um, and this has been the case since the, literally the first century. Um, you know, I've mentioned this in the book, uh, I think twice, which is yeah. maybe an editor mistake. But I'd like to bring it up that Marcion is the first, uh, is a very early Gnostic teacher. He's the one who said, hey, this Old Testament God sounds different from the New Testament God, which is a big theme in your work. Um, but Marcion is actually the Is the person who puts together the first canon of the New Testament a Gnostic teacher who was excommunicated? Put together the first, um, basically Paul's letters and the Gospel of Luke and uh, Acts of the Apostles. He's Mm -hmm. a big fan of the Luke and uh, the Luke and Acts material. Um, it's not the current um, New Testament canon, but it was the first and they later church fathers iterated on his his canon so so you know fun fact a lot of people say oh gnostics were just out there you know outliers and you know outside of the galaxy of what what is jesus teaching that's not the case at all they were just as present
0: as the church church orthodoxy if not if not more so absolutely well one thing i want to ask you about and just kind of get into now that you've laid the foundation for what all of that is um, and somebody made a comment here: uh, Jesus is not gone; he is everywhere. Okay, so let's Love that. define Jesus, <laughs> Jesus the Christ. Let's think about that. Yeah. And so, you know, that's something that you know Gnosticism presents beautifully: is Jesus the man, the awakened man, the fully God man, but also his spirit, his entity pervading all things as the body of Christ, the universal. Or supreme being uh, as you hear in Hinduism
1: yeah absolutely you know there's a big distinction um, between Jesus the man the mortal body and um, the Christ consciousness the level of attainment that he exhibited um, you know in his in his lifetime that transcends I mean he says in John before Abraham was I am Right. So I this timelessness component, this uh, eternality, you know, it's Mm -hmm. really uh, we've talked about this in the past and maybe we'll get into it today with you guys. But the avatars, you know, he's an avatar, guys. This is the avatar of Galilee. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, he he, you transcend the body. That's what the resurrection is, Mm -hmm. is um, is proving that man is spirit. Man is not just a mortal flesh. And uh, yeah, no, I I definitely agree. Happy to happy to clarify. There's also a beautiful just just to illustrate this distinction further. I believe it's Mark 10, where a man says, "Good teacher, how can I uh, receive eternal life?" And he says, "Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone." Right? They don't really bring that uh, verse up very often in church. That's when you got to really be. Uh, uh, you know, get archeological with with the New Testament on to find little gems like that. Because good teacher, why do you call me good? Um, is who's the person who's has all the statues of him, has every you know? And no, no, no. He's because he's not saying this isn't not important. He's saying that the connection to Creator, the connection to the cosmos, um, you know, the infinite, the infinite joy, the infinite expanse. That's what uh, the Christ consciousness is accessing. So.
0: And so, I want yeah, to make the distinction. Yeah. I want to show off this artwork that you know, you know, I love the AI artwork, and yeah, so it's so good. It's a very Eastern mystic, you love know, kind of stylized Jesus here. Um, you yeah, know, I get a Jesus. lot of heat all the time for making too many white Jesuses with the AI, and guys, I don't have control over that. I can tell it, and it doesn't understand what <laughs> you try to put in. So, But this, I loved this with the third eye open, the sacred geometry under the the flesh eyes. um, So good. Ripples in the skin. I mean, just a beautiful depiction. And so when Bob and I talk about Jesus, whether it's the man or the Christ entity, you know, this is what I personally see as as a deep mystic, someone who he was not trying to gain worship. He was trying to enlighten humanity and unlock your soul from the trap of reincarnation that you're in over and over and over again. So you talk about that a little bit, Bob, your, your point of view on that, at least. You know, that was mine. So,
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, and, and kind of continuing that point about the Christ and the omnipresence nature, um, it, there's a line in Gospel of Thomas, which isn't in the New Testament, where he says, chop a block of wood and I am there yeah um you know which which sounds like the upanishads you know it sounds like the Gita. it sounds like very eastern taoist stuff even it's Mm -hmm. the 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 gospel of thomas is worth reading even if it's Mm -hmm. if it ain't what everybody says it's worth just from having an open mind and checking it out and you know your interpretation my interpretation many scholars many mystics um have have seen you know and understood it's Profundity, And, you know, I, I'd say kind of from the scholastic side, before we get into a couple of lines from Thomas, um, the reason it's so um, reliable historically is because over, about two thirds um, of the sayings. Actually, sorry, let me back it up. The Gospel of Thomas is 114 sayings of Jesus. So it, there's no narrative. Yep. There's no plot. It's just, these are the hidden sayings of Jesus. Here's 114 of them. Da, 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 da. Jesus said one. Jesus said two. So that's all of the citations to the Gospel of Thomas are just saying 14 from the Gospel of Thomas, um, which from a literary rhetorical standpoint implies Early. Right. If you just have a collection of teachings with no real particular sequence necessarily, even scholars have noted um, it's it's pretty random in terms of uh, the, the the listing of the the logia is the term the sayings, um, and so that's kind of number one. Just the actual textual format implies very early, which means very relo- reliable. Um, but secondarily, two thirds of the 114 Mm -hmm. i believe it's 70 um are also in the synoptic gospels they're also in mark matthew and luke there might be one or two in john um but it's mostly um matthew and luke that the common sayings are Um, for example thomas has the kingdom of god is like a mustard seed Thomas has the first will become last. Thomas has the parable of the wedding banquet. Give Caesar what belongs to Caesar. Give God what belongs to God. So it's not irrelevant. I mean, this is common material. And, you know, some scholars, there's there's a very rich debate in Bible scholarship. There's there's not necessarily a consensus. There are consensuses sometimes, but there's not necessarily a consensus among scholars on if, thomas was copying them or they were copying thomas or if they all had a mutual um a mutual source that they were all working out of so there's you know there's there's all kinds of hypotheses but one of the best reasons for thomas being the source for matthew and luke which is pretty darn good is Mm -hmm. that the Matthean and Lucan versions of all those of all those teachings are much more um they're 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 frankly longer they're um they they go into greater detail in luke and matthew they're much more rudimentary
0: Mm -hmm. in thomas Mm -hmm.
1: which again from a textual standpoint not to be so professor guy today but um from a textual standpoint you know you have the same sayings and then it's they're very basic version in thomas and they're more advanced in matthew and luke where there's also events and plots and narratives like that would imply just you know on the face of it um that they were working from thomas
0: absolutely you know and i love thomas because it's you know you say it's a saying gospel i mean yeah. that's, that's what it is and there's no time or place rhyme or reason you don't have a clue if he's standing on a rooftop or if he's in a desert or where you don't right. know where he is. like yeah and um for better or worse so it's way more applicable is what i try yeah. to say yeah. to the person seeking yeah joy. you
1: could just open the book and read
0: it Luigi board style you know yeah. yeah yeah and and then you're like boom there's my message for the day you could literally make a whole tarot card deck out of the gospel on 14 and yeah I mean, it's, <laughs> just amazing yeah. um so like let's talk about that what what are the big problems in it? that you address when it comes to you know it's like two percent of the holy Bible is actually the red letters of Jesus The rest of it's other people's opinions. Yeah. How do you get around that when talking to someone who's considering deconstructing? Maybe they've been in church their whole life and they're looking for a deeper flavor of spirituality outside of, you know, the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus narrative. Maybe they want to actually know that entity and embody that entity themselves. How how would you start that if you were someone?
1: Totally. Yeah. Well, you know in addition to kind of that scholastic historical background around thomas you know the actual text itself is is just it's stunning and you can read it in you know really a couple days i mean really you can read it in one sitting because it's only 114 you know you Take a few years, frankly, with it. You could meditate on one saying yeah. for, uh, you know, a couple of months. But, um, you know, the first line before saying number one is these are the secret words which the living Jesus spoke and which Didymus Judas Thomas, the disciple Thomas, wrote down, um, which kind of has this implication. We've talked about it before on your pod. It's, it's it's in my book, A Good Deal, which is the disciples get the very loaded true identity Symbolic language, spiritual language, that the crowds don't get. You know, the right. crowds get kind of the literal, direct stuff. Pray to your Father in heaven. You know, be a good neighbor, which are great teachings and they're true. But the if you if you're on your spiritual path and you want some real depth, you know, understanding when Jesus is talking to the crowds and when he's talking to the disciples, um, there's a big symbolic spiritual kind of interpretation layer mm-hmm. and thomas is kind of all the disciple stuff it's all of the really heavy symbolic stuff mm-hmm. um and so that's why it's really um i mean it's 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 hardcore um and let's you know yeah. let's, let's yeah. just jump in to some of it um you know it's it's non-dual is um is a term that your audience is, is probably familiar with which is a philosophy term it means not to a philosophical system that is um, non-dualistic means it's all one basically. Right. There's no two ness um, in the philosophical concept. Which you know, there's a variety of non-dual teachings. Um, the mystics say, yeah, Jesus of Nazareth is a non-dual teacher, and the Gospel of Thomas is a great um, mm-hmm. is it, a big is a big reason for that. Um, yeah. Let me let me read you some of my favorites. Um, from saying eighteen, the disciples said to Jesus, "Tell us how our end will be." Hmm. Jesus said, "Have you discovered then the beginning, that you look for the end? For where the beginning is, there will the end be. Blessed is blessed is he who will take his place in the beginning. He will know the end and will not experience death." Yeah. So playing with timelessness, playing hmm. with um, it's a very zen very Taoist yeah. kind yep. of paradoxical beginning there's like what are you talking about the beginning we're asking about the end he's like well the beginning the beginning is the same as the end yeah. once you find once you go beyond time yep. when you transcend time in the present moment in the i am
0: absolutely here,
1: here you are
0: and i want to tie that into you know to the verse that says in the beginning was the word and the word was with god and the word was god and then if you tie that into that beginning phrase there Uh, You think about the idea of in the beginning was the word or Om, yeah. The idea of the actual sound, the logos, the divine computation. That's what I. That's my favorite definition of logos. I like that. So when you boil that down and you take a timeless moment out of your life, go back to the beginning, into the Om, where there is nothing but you and the sound of God. That that literally is straight heading right into Buddhism, right into, you know, meditation. So um, talk anyway, about your your meditation journey, too. We've got a few more minutes here before you got to go keep setting up. Um, you know, if somebody reads these, you said meditate on them. Let's talk a bit about the technique of meditation. Somebody who's never meditated, who's been in the church maybe, or never even been into faith, what does meditation look like to you? What's the kind of the best way to approach it from day one?
1: sure well yeah meditation is a foundation of the spiritual practice and the mystical practice and it has a lot of similarities to prayer um and the contemplative tradition um Mm -hmm. particularly uh thomas father thomas keating is kind of like the modern day king of christian meditations called Mm -hmm. centering prayer Mm -hmm. um so you know yeah deep bow to the christian mystics and Christian contemplatives but um, yeah certainly meditation has been going on in the, the Asian continent for you know a few few thousand years at least and um, and they have it, they got it figured out really well um, there's a lot of there's a lot of different techniques I think to someone who's like heard a lot about meditation or read the articles and maybe thought about trying it or you know downloaded the app and mm-hmm. you know didn't deleted the app or whatever like you know. <laughs> Some people will say, like, oh, I think too much. I can't meditate. It's like, oh, no, 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 you're perfect for meditation. Like, don't let that one stop you. You I was going to say, I'm ADD all the way.
0: And, (laughs) and, like, it's it's helpful. Yeah,
1: Yeah, when you sit down and meditate and just focus on your breathing, that's called mindfulness meditation, Mm -hmm. you know, thoughts are going to come up. And that's okay. It's not (laughs) like you're stopping the thoughts. All you're doing is essentially noticing you're switching into the observer consciousness as mm-hmm. opposed to just being driven by the thoughts let in the thoughts in the driver's seat you're really kind of scooting over to the passenger seat there, there, there's a there's a beautiful image in buddhism of um, you're sitting on the riverbank, mm-hmm. which and you're watching the you know stream flow by and the stream is the thoughts they're going to keep coming um, yeah but you don't have to jump in the water you can yep. just sit there peacefully on the on the stream and not beat yourself up having the thoughts they're coming oh there's a thought about this morning oh there's a thought about tomorrow there's a thought about you know yeah. my to do's and so on but you're just coming back to breath you're coming back to breath and and once you do it enough mm-hmm. um, once you do it enough, you, you're, it becomes easier. You know, you build kind of neuronal pathways that thicken Mm -hmm. um, in terms of that coming
0: back to awareness. Betty says says overthinking won't hurt the meditation process. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, Betty, absolutely not. Absolutely. You know, for me, I am, um, all over the place with thoughts and ideas and just buzzing with energy all day, you know, doctors can call me every label under the sun, I'm sure. But at the end of the day, you just kind of watch the thoughts come, you know, is it Ram Das that talks about just observing the thoughts and then look at the space between the thoughts and then you find yourself being at home. Within those spaces between thoughts, and I, I love that idea. It's like the the hug that you need between those thoughts. So yeah, totally. And and
1: com- combining a meditation practice with scriptural study, you know, yeah. uh, and then and then maybe you're adding in some service work mm-hmm. in there, and then all of a sudden, you know, you do that for a little while. All of a sudden, you go, wow, there's a lightness to my being now. I, you know, you, it, it, things aren't as heavy in the day-to-day of just this kind of american traffic monday morning you know we are all in this world together of material phenomena of you know buddha calls it dukkha calls it suffering you know it's Mm -hmm. unsatisfactory in this world of material phenomena and so what these practices do is they're just they're just pulling us back into who we truly are it's instead of instead of Letting the world pull us out into the world and be distracted, be separation mind, you know, all these things. Yeah. Uh, that's that's what the masters are telling us. You know, that's what they're teaching us to do and, uh, you know, yeah. to reclaim our identity by integrating these practices and and undoing. You know, a friend of on the other day was saying, remembering. It's not yeah. even about. Building or finding or seeking, even it's just about
0: remembering. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. Melissa says it regulates your nervous system so that you yeah. can experience true peace within yourself. And Martin says uh, just don't chase the thoughts. Yeah, don't be like a puppy dog running around chasing your tail with all the thoughts because that'll drive you nuts. But if you can just, you know, it, it really is self mastery. Um, boy, that was loud. Sorry, uh, I <laughs> It really is. this a gallery. And I want to talk about what that leads to. You mentioned service. And I think this is really important. And this is kind of one thing that I feel like, honestly, the church has gotten away from is the commitment to service. I think oftentimes there's mission trips and stuff out of duty, but not out of heart. And I can't speak for how people do things, but I know for me... I was often within the church doing things because, oh, I need to do this. It's good for me. It's good for other people. It shows God's love, dot, dot, dot. But when I started vibing on the mystical experience, and you've got a great chapter in your book here, part three, awareness is foundation. Um, and, um, you know, awareness. When you're aware of yourself, when you're aware of God, and when you're aware that everyone is God, um that's a whole nother level right there. So can you talk about that and how that affects your service? And I'm going to go let my dog out while you talk.
1: Sure. Yeah, well, service is a beautiful, almost um, byproduct of the spiritual practice because you start to realize that you're not really doing something necessarily for another person or for some kind of karmic reward. Um, You're just doing it because there's no separation between the giving and receiving you know it's like the left hand and the right hand uh aren't doing what they're doing for each other um you know that's a little bit down the rabbit hole maybe for some of you guys but um but yeah it's they asked maharaji who is a modern day indian guru um how do we get enlightened and he said Mm -hmm. feed people (laughs) he was famously brief and uh he never you know he didn't write any books or anything he just kind of lived in this state of love he was kind of like this generator of just love and compassion people would just get hypnotized by this guy and it's because when you start to vibrate higher if you will you know you start to access that christ consciousness and by the way I don't live in that. I'm just a humble no. <laughs> uh, fan of all these, you know, men and women. You know, I believe in our potentiality to get there, every one of us. But you yeah. know, I'm not a guru, certainly. But um, but you know, when you when you, the more you, uh, you know, incrementally work on this these different aspects, you start to see, oh wow, like um, you know, it's. I mean, when you go to a food uh, soup kitchen and feed people that are hungry and they appreciate you i mean it's it's better than the best drug in the world when you leave when you leave that place it is unbelievable so you know yeah highly recommend and you know kind of coming back to service as a spiritual path there's there's a chapter in my book about uh what's called the yogas Mm -hmm. which you know yoga just means union it means pathway to the divine it's uh, america it means go to a gym and stretch and that's called asanas, which is a part of Hindu uh, spirituality, but the yogas are kind of formally considered different pathways to God. So you have yana yoga, yeah. bhakti yoga, and karma yoga. Yeah, And so kind of service is actually karma yoga. Yep. Uh, that's a pathway to God. Yeah. Um, yana yoga is actually kind of coming back to meditation. Yana yoga is about meditation. It's about mm-hmm. self-inquiry. It's about basically undoing everything that isn't your true identity as the observer, mm-hmm. as capital S self, and then bhakti yoga. Some people say Jesus was a bhakta. Bhakti yoga is about um, divine love. Basically, mm-hmm. it's about emotion. It's a, it's when you go to church or a temple and the person's crying and the songs and Rumi poetry is uh, bhakti mm-hmm. practice. And so you have yeah, yana yoga, bhakti yoga. And karma yoga; those are just three different ways to god they can all get you there mm-hmm. and you know that's i think just stepping out on that one is like a big reason why i love um hindu philosophy and indian philosophy because yeah. they have they have room for everybody you know in, in american christianity it's you are this then our denomination not even our religion our denomination is the true <laughs> is the only way yep. you know, it's like no like there's so much there's so many different types of human beings and you know mm-hmm. psychodynamic needs that it makes way more sense rationally right you know logically to just have all these different beautiful paths and practices depending on where each person's at on this planet. Absolutely
0: man absolutely um and that's dude I love I love it man I love it. You know um <laughs> uh, Jesus actually it got me worked up yeah, I got I got your uh, your page up here. I want to share that with everybody real quick. I know you got to get going, um, but you know I think Jesus tipped his hat. Actually, he said, "My yoke is easy and my burden is light." Yeah, my dear yoga Caleb. is yoke, like yeah. Yeah. he basically tipped his hat there. Yogananda loves that one too. I love that. I love that. So, guys, I want you to go check out. Um, run, don't walk over. <laughs> to Bob's new page over on Indiegogo. I'm gonna give you guys the link here. Um, It's also in the description. It's just launched. Yeah, so this just launched, guys. I'm gonna show you just real quick. Bob, I love how you have this set up. You've got a video here. Um, So your goal right now, you're at $428 of a $10,000 goal, which is, by the way, totally doable, I believe, with everybody's help. Um, to get this book translated, surrendering
1: then, to the Dow.
0: <laughs> you've got so many options here on the side, guys. You get an ebook for three bucks. You get an audiobook for ten bucks. Paperback and audiobook for twenty-five. For sixty-five, you get a premium T-shirt plus all previous perks. Ninety, you're gonna get the pullover hoodie and all the books. Um, then there's a six-week author-led book club. Can you talk about that one for somebody yeah. who's interested in that? Yeah, yeah,
1: sure. Thanks. And thanks for your feedback, too, on the rewards. Um, you Absolutely. know, really, really wanted to give people high value rewards. Like, like you said, I mean, even the, the paperback bundle, that's 25. All of those together, the book, the audiobook and the ebook retail is 40 bucks. Yeah. So it's like, you know, almost half off for um, for contributing to this to this translation Absolutely. project, you know, we're, we're translating it into Spanish from English. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not using AI much love ai but um we're using this amazing uh i'm working with some spanish-speaking mystics and writers um the rate is very generous that they're offering and they're also very spiritual guys it's a beautiful i talk a little bit about it in that video about kind of how i met these guys um you know they're very beautiful intentions and you know just real quick here the latin american world the spanish-speaking world is similarly caught in this cycle of guilt and uh, Mm -hmm. shame and there's a lot of you know thanks a lot roman catholicism you know (laughs) pros and cons you know it's not all bad there's some beautiful aspects of it and you know, big fan of St. Francis, for example, you know, there's, there's nuance to this, but there, there is a lot of guilt and shame, Roman Catholicism, which affects the Latin American world. I'm not trying to change the lives of 10 billion human beings, but, you know, if we can get this in the hands of some Spanish speakers that, um, you know, are open, that are seeking that, you know, could benefit, then it's worth trying to do this. So, um, so the rewards are really great 25 and then yeah 65 is the shirt and the books um 90 is that really cool hoodie and um yeah and then for 250 i'm doing a six week um it's going to be a six session book club so the original sins of lie has six parts and uh i'm gonna do 90 minutes per part per session. So I think it'll be um, probably every Sunday in October, first to November um, to do. Yeah. 90 minutes will be a Q and A in there. So if you, if you like the book or if you're interested, um, you really want to go deep with me on it. um, That'll be really fun. Um, And then, yeah, for 500 is like the big one, which will get your name in the book. It gets all the rewards, all Uh, the books, um, shirt or hoodie, the book club. And then um, to, to get your kind of associate publisher credit in, in the flap.
0: Dude. So, yeah. Fantastic. Thanks, man. Dude, and I love I love your perks on that because, um, you know, people want to support. Right. Like I, we, we know that people have donated. They donated to your your fundraiser. I know. And
1: there's there was a handful of people who did submit to the fundraiser and that's being honored by the audiobooks books. And uh, yeah,
0: it's, it's contributing to this fundraiser party tonight. So, yeah, really? much love. Your community is the best are you thank you very much yes we are we are you guys that are in the tribe you know we are uh we're just doing some <laughs> incredible things here and i'm so blessed to have bob here uh bob is gonna come in on one of our saturday private calls and just do a q a with you guys where you can meet him and so that'll be a lot of fun i want him to get through all his stuff first um are you gonna live stream tonight bob are you gonna kind of share the the event so people can tap into it
1: i'm not sure we're thinking about it like setting up a zoom
0: Throw that, yeah, throw that iPad up there or something. Just yeah. even Facebook Live would be cool where the people can see what's going on or something. That would be, I mean, I'd yeah, love maybe. to hear it if you do. so Okay,
1: I will. Yeah, I'll think okay. about it.
0: We're setting that'd up AV
1: real. now, so I'll follow up with you. Thanks, brother.
0: Brilliant, man. Brilliant. Well, man, thank you so much. Um, anything you want to leave people with just oh. as far as this message goes?
1: Yeah, I do. I'd love to uh, leave you guys with one more from Thomas. To come um. back to Thomas. Um, he says... He who will drink from my mouth will become like me. I myself shall become he, and the things that are hidden will become revealed to him. It's Mm the Gospel of Thomas, Jesus, saying 108. And I say, there you have it, friends, the explicit declaration that Christhood is attainable by all. It's a similar read to the John verse on becoming the sons of God, John 1.12. But it is especially clear here: by drinking from my mouth, by understanding my message, you will become like me, and I sh- myself shall become he. May we all be free.
0: <laughs> is that not the whole point of the gospel anyway? To become Christ-like? I mean, like I don't think it's anybody. It's not heresy can argue about it's that. It's right yeah. there. I mean,
1: it's right That's, there from the master, from the yeah. earliest collection of sayings, you know. So, Beautiful. but they didn't like it. They didn't yeah. want. They didn't want us to find it. They found this. Yeah. Yeah, they dug this thing. It was up. hidden. It, it really was, it was buried for two thousand years. Yep, we knew about it. Yep. We knew about it because church fathers wrote about it. They said, "Oh, we got to hide this one." Basically, yes. I mean, they wrote about this in the Gospel of Thomas. This guy, this this uh, Egyptian shepherd, found a collection of books in the 40s yep. you know these monks basically near alexandria hid hid these books in a freaking jar i mean that's the message guys this is one of the most significant archaeological discoveries of the
0: 20th century so that's it's really too. worth contemplating and and, uh, and integrating into your spiritual practice that's beautiful man that's beautiful and then changed all of our lives i mean you guys that have read gospel of thomas with me you know, and uh, I just want to give a heads up this afternoon, 3 p.m. Central Standard Time. I'm going to be doing a whole live going through the core teachings from the Gospel of Thomas, from the Nakamati Library. Nice. So don't miss it. If you like this, check out this, this teaser. Episode. It's going to be fantastic. So, Bob, <laughs> I love you, brother, man. You are like my brother from another mother, literally. Love you, Kai. We, man, if I was there, I'd be helping this morning. So <laughs> good luck know. with it, man. And, it, man. Hopefully we can catch your stream tonight. Thank you guys so much. Thank you all for being here. We love you guys. And I'll see you this afternoon.
1: Awesome. Thanks, brother. Thanks, everybody.